Bible said in verse number one, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? Now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast. Behold, he went with barley tonight in the threshing floor. And may I say to you, as you study the book of Ruth, if you miss the prophetic picture in the book of Ruth, you've missed a whole lot. Amen. That threshing floor, a picture of the judgment of God. And neighbor, we're knocking on the door. We're knocking on, I preached Sunday morning out of Revelation chapter number 4 and verse number 1 on the sweetest words I ever heard. He said, come up hither. Amen. And I'm listening for those words just any day now. That old songwriter said, just any day now, our Lord is coming. And man, I'm looking forward to that day. Somebody said, preacher, we're not going through the tribute. You'll study that Bible, that word church ain't mentioned after Revelation chapter 3. We're leaving, praise God. I'm checking out, amen. Man, I like, I like where it pictures us being in chapter number 3 when it said, tarry this night. You know where she was during that night? She was at his feet covered with his skirt and I'm glad glory to God when all when all the judgment of God is breaking loose on this world I'm glad I'm going to be at his feet covered with his skirt waiting to come back for that marriage it's going to be a glad day amen that Bible said in verse number 3 watch thyself therefore and anoint thee and put thy raiment upon thee get thee down to the floor but make not thyself known Unto the man, until he shall have done eating and drinking. It shall be when he lieth down that thou, that he lieth down, thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie. Thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down. He will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, All that I, all that thou sayest unto me, I will do. You can be seated. I bet I began studying several months ago in my own personal Bible reading. I came across the book of Ruth, and man, as I made my way to chapter number three, there was a lot of phrases that just started uh, putting thyself in my mind. And man, I looked at chapter number four where it said, Thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie. And I preached out of that verse on making a mark in the secret place. And man, we got a lot of folk wanting to make a lot of marks in a lot of places. Uh, oh, but neighbor, I'm telling you, if we're ever going to be anything with God uh, or for God, we first going to have to be something with God. Amen. Man, I talked about what a great, uh, oh, what a great verse there. And man, it said it came, verse number eight, it came to pass at midnight that a man was afraid and the preached on some messages at midnight. I'm glad uh, oh God God's got some things to say to us in the midnight hour. Exodus chapter number 11. That Bible said at midnight, the death angel came by. Acts chapter number 16 at midnight. Paul and Silas sang praises. Matthew 25, it said at midnight, a great call was made. I'm glad just because it gets dark. I'm glad God's not silent in the darkness. I used to get nervous when God turned the lights out until I read my Bible. Bible, it said that he dwelleth in the thick darkness. I'm glad, listen, the devil thinks the darkness is his. I'm glad the light's the Lord's, the darkness is his. I'm glad everything that's made was made by him and for him. Amen. Messages at midnight. And then I looked in verse number nine. 
where it said, who art thou? She said, I'm Ruth, thine handmaid. I ain't preached it yet, but I want to preach right there on I am thine, O Lord, and I have heard thy voice. And it told thy love to me. Amen. Man, I looked in verse number 13, and man, it said, Terror this night, and it shall be in the morning. And I preached several weeks ago or months ago on this thought, if I can just make it through the night. Amen. And I tell you what, it began, Ruth got real big in my heart, and I thank God for it. If you're not real careful, neighbor, you'll get to your Bible study. If you read your Bible on a daily basis, you'll come to that little book of Ruth. It's just four chapters you can read in about 20 minutes. If you're not careful, you'll run right through one of the greatest treasure chests of your Bible. I Listen, I don't believe God made a mistake. Uh, listen, I don't believe he put it in there where he put it by mistake. Uh, it's the eighth book of the Old Testament. Uh, if you know much about that, eight is a part. Uh, eight's a number of new beginning. Uh, and man, the Israel need a new beginning. There need to be a new beginning. Uh, eight has to do with the resurrection. Uh, eight has to do with the new note. The eighth note is the next, uh, uh, the first note of another octave. Uh, uh, there's eight covenants in the Bible. The eighth being the new covenant. Uh, that's the one I got in on. Say amen right there. You say, why'd you get a new one? Uh, because the old covenants uh, were under the law, but that new covenant uh, is by the grace of God. I remember it said in Matthew chapter number 28 uh, and verse number one that it began to dawn uh, toward the first day of the week. Uh, that would be the eighth day. Uh, we say, what happened on the eighth day? Uh, the Son of God uh, came walking out of the tomb. I remember 24 years ago, uh, one Sunday the morning about 12 15 uh, when the uh, listen when the sun uh, began to rise in my heart uh, and I got born into the family of God uh, I didn't need to be re I didn't need to be uh, uh, listen whitewashed uh, I needed to be blood washed amen uh, I didn't need to be reformed uh, I need to be regenerated amen uh, I tell you what the blood of Christ uh, is the only thing I know that can take a blood black heart uh, wash it in red blood uh, and wash it white as no, amen. I'm glad when I was at the end of my way. I'm glad God gave me a new beginning. I'm glad the Lord let it start over in my heart. Amen. John chapter number 8. The story of the woman called in adultery. And I just tell you what, 24 years ago I was caught. I was in my sin. Let me just tell you something, neighbor. God, if you're lost tonight, God's not going to save you in your sin. He's going to save you out of your sin. Amen. You say, when am I going to get saved? When you get tired of your sin. God ain't never went and got a man by the hair of the head and drug him out of the pit of sin. No. Oh, but when you get tired of your sin, and God the Holy Ghost is still saying, oh, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heaven laid and come unto me. I'm telling you, when you get tired of your sin, I'm glad there's a Savior who can save you to the uttermost. Amen. John chapter 8, she was brought to him. I just always thought about this, Brother Whittemore. I wonder how them fellers knew where she was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Heard old Brother Rufus Edmonds to preach one time. Oh, drop your rocks and get out. Brother Wayne, he stood up in the pulpit. He said, look at that church. He looked over that church. He said, man, what a clean church. He said, all the men got the right haircut. All the ladies are dressed right. 
He said, don't see no earrings in men's ears. He said, don't see no tattoos everywhere. He said, what a clean church. And boy, all them were puffing their chest out. Man, we, well, yes, sir, that's right. He said, just too bad you don't love sinners. Amen, neighbor. Amen. God help, they ought to be, they ought to be some men that, listen, are trying to cover up their tattoos. There ought to be some men sitting up there with some holes uh, that are growing up in their ear. Uh, but because we cared enough uh, to go out in the world where they are uh, and say, why don't you come to the house of God? Why don't you come meet a man named Jesus? Uh, and he'll give you a new start. Amen. I remember old boy got saved at the church, Brother Whittemore. He got saved. He had earrings from here all the way around. He had hair down to his, right down to the back of his, small of his back. It was as curly and jet black. Old Jensen got saved. Man, I thought, praise God, old Jensen got saved. Man, the next week he come in there and he had all them diamond stud earrings out of his ear. But he had a cross earring in his earlobe. Man, I want to say something. God said, Man, just don't say that. Man, I went on for it. It wasn't long, about three weeks. All the diamond studs were gone. The cross was gone. Man, I didn't know what to do. I knew he was going to go get, going to get baptized. Man, I thought, join the church. I thought, man, we're going to do something about that hair before he joins the church. He's going to get a haircut. Everybody, don't get nervous. Amen. 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 And I thought, I look, I thought, I'll baptize him with that long hair. Because that ain't got nothing to do with church membership. He needs to follow the Lord. I said, if he's going to join the church, he's going to have to get a haircut. Say amen right there. Amen. Man, we went on out of bed. God let me every once in a while say a word about it. Man, one night, I was going, I was going one Sunday morning, I was going out the door. He said, preacher, I want to talk to you about being baptized. He said, but there's something I need to take care of uh, before I do it. And I thought, man, I wonder what that he's talking about. I thought, I need to talk to you about something you need to do. But he said, uh, I'm going to take care of it this afternoon, preacher. And on that Sunday night, we were singing, uh, oh, what a happy time. So I'm glad tomorrow. I thought about it while y'all were singing. Old Jackson walked in the back door first time. I'd ever seen him with a tie come on with a pair of black pair of pants, a white shirt and a black tie. Man his hair was as short as mine was he wasn't no earrings in his hair I said brother Jensen where'd you go he said preacher ever since God saved me he said I knew I was going to have to get that long hair cut off he said so I went down there today for them locks he said I took it down there and let them cut my hair they're going to give that hair to them cancer kids but they ain't got no hair and he said but preacher I need to take care of that he said but I'm ready to join the church I want to get baptized you say what happened but God took his dope away. But God took his spear away. But God made him listen. He quit shacking up and got married. I'm talking about thank God Almighty. He got a new start. He got a new start. Hallelujah. John chapter 8 caught that woman in adultery. Get a hold of this, boys. You, aren't you glad we got a perfect Bible? John chapter 8. Verse 8, he stooped down and he wrote in the sand. What did he write? Brother Willard said he wrote love letters in the sand. I don't know what he wrote, don't really care. I'm just glad he's not done writing. Say amen right there. Hey amen, I went to the back of my Bible. If you've got a Cambridge Bible, at the end of Revelation 22, it, it, it says the end. I took me a little marker. 
I struck through the end and I put in parentheses to be continued. Amen. I'm glad God's not done writing. Amen. I'm glad he's still writing forgiveness in the souls of men, women, boys and girls. What I'm telling you is I'm glad there's a new start. I'm glad there's a new start. A new start is the eighth book. Hallelujah. That cleansed leper was taken on the eighth day. Noah was the eighth man from Adam who stepped out on the new shore. Everybody, I'm talking about a new, a new start. The book of Ruth is a picture of redemption. Of listening a story. Listen, Dahan wrote it. Edward Boone wrote it. They wrote on that romance of redemption. I'm glad God wooed me. I'm glad God came looking for me. Hey, neighbor, I'm glad just like Hosea went looking for Gomer. I'm glad that he came looking for me. Amen. But it's the eighth book. Now think about this. The book right before the book of Ruth is the book of Judges. What a dark picture. What a dark day. The nation of Israel had, had turned their back on, on the Lord Jesus. And now uh, they was having to raise up those judges. And brother, you better believe the last verse of the book of Judges uh, uh, could be applied in our day. It said in those days, uh, there was no king in Israel. Every man uh, uh, did that which was right in his own eyes. And you better believe uh, uh, that's the hour in which we live in. The world says, uh, if it feels good, do it. Uh, uh, don't let anybody tell you what to do. Uh, I'm telling you, we we don't have a king in Israel anymore. That Bible said they went a whoring after other gods. The Bible said there rose another generation that knew not the Lord. If you don't believe that we're raising a generation in America that don't know God, one of the boys from Anchor gave me a gave me a tape the other day. I believe Brother Comfort put it together. And man, half the ones they interviewed didn't even have any idea who Hitler was on the street. Amen. Man, do you think they don't know who Hitler is? You think they know who God is? Amen. You think they know who Jesus is? Man, we, we've, we've raised a generation in America that says, give me, give me, give me, give me. But I remind you of that prodigal left saying, give me. But he came home saying, make me, make me, make me. God help America to get on her knees again and say, God, make us. God, make us. God, make us. The Bible said they provoked the Lord to anger. It seemed like last year, every time our president opened the mouth, there's a natural disaster somewhere in our country. Amen. Dr. Adrian Rogers said one time, listen, we got in America what we voted for. Amen. Dr. Rogers said one of the greatest judgments of God on any people is when he gives them what they ask for. i just be honest with you, they can keep their change. Amen. Because when it's all all said and done, that's all we're going to have left when he's done is our change. Amen. Amen. Don't get nervous up in here tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. I was preaching it when I came, and I'll be preaching it when I go. Amen. Amen. God help us. 
The Bible says they ceased not from their own doings, nor from their stubborn ways. Uh, it was a dark day in Israel. They turned their back on God. Uh, by the end of the book of Judges, uh, uh, the first part of Judges, God uh, would put them under oppression of another nation. Uh, and they would call, oh God, he'd raise up a deliverer. Uh, but can I tell you, by the end of the book of Judges, uh, uh, they were so cold and calloused. Uh, uh, they no longer cried out for God to deliver them. And you better believe that's where we are today. Our forefathers used to cry to God. Oh God, deliver us. Sin revival. But I'm telling you, our voices have got real silent in our day. It's, it's gloom in Judges. It's all gloom in Judges. But on the other side of the book of Ruth, it's first and second Samuel. It's all gloom before. But on the other side, they ain't got a judge. They got a king. Now it took them, it took getting past Saul to get to God's king. They ordained man's king to begin with. Oh, but by the time you get to Second Samuel, Saul's dead, and it's all about David. Amen. Oh, what are you saying? Oh, before it was all about apostasy. And by listening to Samuel on First and Second Samuel, it was about the ascension of Israel, about David stepping up on his throne. Oh, what are you saying? It was all gloom before Ruth, and it was all glory after Ruth. Oh, can I tell you? But tucked right in the middle of Israel's gloom and Israel's glory, oh, there's a story. Of a little Gentile bride who was under the curse. Oh, what are you saying? 2,000 years ago, Israel said, Let his blood be on us and our children. They said, We don't want him. But listen, before he restores them and before the nation of Israel is risen, born in a day, and they receive him as the king. I'm glad, thank God, between those two, between those two times in prophetic history, I'm glad he went looking for a Gentile bride. I'm glad this is one boy that you're looking at that says I'm glad Israel didn't want him because 24 years ago I said I want him. Amen. I want him. And you're here lost tonight. You're just like Ruth. You're cursed. You're cursed. Matter of fact, you go back to the law. They said they weren't supposed to marry anybody that wasn't, wasn't part of the Hebrew family. But then it's a double curve. They said the Moabites weren't even supposed to be let into the family of God up to the 10th generation. But God said, I, my kids were redeemer, needs a wife. So he went out there and got him a little Gentile bride out of the wash pot. Moab means wash pot. Hey Amen. Glory to God. Aren't you glad? Listen, I got good news for you. The law says you can't get in. The law says you fell short. Oh, but can I tell you, the law says you can't get in. And the law will bring you to the door of salvation. Oh, but I'm glad when the law can't go any further. I'm glad grace reaches his hand through the door. And said, if you want to get saved, oh, you can get washed in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Man, thank God. Aren't you glad he came looking for us? Amen, neighbor. Hey, in chapter one, you see her in a far country. Chapter two, she's in the field. Chapter three, she's at his feet. Chapter four, she's in the family. Glory to God. 
There's a whole other message in this. But I just thought the one she had to ask permission for him in chapter 2 to glean in the field. In chapter 4, they was her servants. Amen. In chapter number 2, the house that Boaz invited her in as a guest. In chapter 4, it's hers. Amen. The field that she was gleaning in, chapter 2, she owned in chapter 4. I'm telling you, thank God. Hallelujah. I'm glad this is not the end. I'm glad there's a better day coming. And the sun's coming up in the morning. And how beautiful heaven must be. I'm glad, thank God, just around the corner, we're going to glory. Amen. Hallelujah. I just say this to you, if you ain't saved, don't you want to go with us? I tell them all the time, kids say, I preach to children, young people all of, and they say, ah, oh, brother Mark, you're just off, you're, you're crazy. Let me just tell you something, lost person, listen real close. Listen real close. Oh, brother Sammy said, mm, listen real close. He said, just look at here, if I'm wrong, I don't lose anything. If you're wrong, you lose it all. But I ain't wrong. <laughs> Amen. Ruth chapter number one. All it is is bitterness and blame. Naomi said the Lord hath dealt very bitterly with me. She said the Lord hath afflicted me. Man, last time I checked it was Elimelech Naomi that left, not God. Amen. Here she is blaming God. Oh, for the, where the place she's at, she's, it's bitterness and blame and bitterness and blame. And listen, she's blaming God for empty hands. She said, I went out full and came back empty. But she's, listen, blaming God for empty heart. She's blaming God for an empty home. She buried her husband and her two boys. But can I tell you, I'm glad that's not the end of the story either. Turn your Bible real quickly to chapter two. We're going to get back to verse chapter three in a minute. I preach real long introduction and real short messages. But you can look at me and tell I'm not built for speed. I'm built for pulling. Say amen. Glory to God. Amen. I mean, once those big fat preachers get started, it takes a while to wind down. Say amen. Hallelujah. I took that verse over there and said, be fat and flourishing. I took that to heart. Say amen. I believe in the literal interpretation of the Bible. Amen. Some of you need to smile. Say amen. It was all bitterness and blame. Bitterness and blame. Stand up and read verse 19. Read real slow. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? Okay. And where wroughtest thou? Okay, now I'm real interested in that next word. Blessed. Blessed. Be he. That, I'm just, you don't have to go no further. Chapter 1, I said it was bitterness and blame. Bitterness and blame. But that's the first time that word shows up in the book of Ruth. Bless you. Now you stand up. Now you read verse 20. Chapter 2. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. Oh, you in Luke 2. That's a good chapter 2. Let's go to Ruth 2. I like, I like Luke 2 too. Because his shepherds were glorifying God about the same thing Naomi was. 
I'm about to show you too. That might have been the will of God you read look too. Amen. Because they're shouting about the same thing. Them shepherds were glad about the same thing that Naomi was glad about. I'm about to prove that to you. Ruth 2.20. And Naomi said unto her daughter in the law, Blessed be he of the Lord. Blessed. Here's that blessed again. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless. I said it was bitterness and blame. Bitterness and blame. But all of a sudden in Ruth 2, it's blessed in verse 19. It's blessed in verse 20. Can I tell you the only thing that's changed well, from chapter 1 to chapter 2? Only thing's changed. Stand back up and read verse 1. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth. Of the family of Elimelech. And his name was Boaz. <laughs> See, I told you I was about to prove to you. The only thing that took it from bitterness to blame was Boaz. The only thing that they got happy about was Boaz had showed up in the field. Can I tell you what the shepherds were happy about in Luke 2? It's because another redeemer had showed up in the field. Amen. I'm telling you what will change your life. But for bitterness and blame and bitterness and blame is when the kinsman redeemer walks in your field. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Only thing going to change your life. You Listen, we got, we, you can do this and you can do A-A-G-A-N-A-L-A, whatever A you want to do. But neighbor, all the best you'll be is reformed. But when God the Holy Ghost walks in, you won't be an old thing worked over. You'll be brand new from the inside out, Lord of God. Amen. What about it? Thank God for the day that Boaz walked into my field. Amen. Let me just give you this and I'm going to move on. Six people mentioned in chapter one. Elimelech, Naomi. Malon, Chilion, Ruth, and Orpha. Six. Anybody care to wonder who the seventh person named in Ruth is? Boaz. Hey man, at best we're sixes. We're falling short. We can't measure up. But I'm glad there's a seventh, amen. I'm glad there's a man of perfection. And when you add him to my failure, praise God. I'm glad I'm a redeemed child of God because Boaz came looking for me. Now we're back to chapter three. And I want to give you just a short thought. Verse number three. Verse number, we're just going to look at one verse, chapter number three, verse number three. And I want to preach for just a few minutes. I've just been testifying up until this point. And I've enjoyed myself. But I want to preach out of verse number three on this thought, how to get where God is. Everything about Ruth depended on if she could figure out and find where Boaz was 
and get there. Let me just say this, church. Boy, you're praying for revival. Can I say this to you? Evangelism is not revival. Evangelism is a byproduct of a real revival. Can I just say to you, you can't be revived until you've been made alive the first time. Amen. And I'm for, listen, I'm not saying just, listen, if the church gets right, people get saved. We've got it confused. We, we, we think that they're two different things. But can I tell you, if about half of this crowd got to where God is tonight, the church would be a building program in six months. Probably, probably less than that. Are you listening? I wonder, I wonder, child of God, if I ask you how long it's been since you've been where God is personally. That you didn't have to have somebody to help you get there. You was able to get there by yourself. I'm just glad God knows my address. I'm glad I don't have to have the deacons. I got three God-fearing, Holy Ghost-filled men. You're not going to hear me go somewhere and run my deacons down. I've got good men. Hey, I, we've got a good choir. I've got good assistants around me. Uh, but can I tell you, I don't need a singing group. I don't need a CD. Say amen. I don't need the church crowd. I'm glad I, I can get in my study and shut the door. And I'm glad God, the Holy Ghost, comes to where I am. And there's sweet fellowship between him and me. I want to give you three things about how we're going to get to where God is. Number one, notice the, notice the instruction that Naomi gives to, gives to Ruth. Can I just say this? When Ruth was going to the threshing floor, she wasn't going to get a blessing. See, she done got that in chapter two. He done gave her that barley. She wasn't going for a blessing. She's going for a bridegroom. She's going to get a husband. She wasn't going to take a little gleaning out of the field. She was going to take the man who owned the field. Say amen. Let me give you three things and I'll be done. Number one, notice what she told her. She said, wash thyself. If we're going to get to where God is, number one, we're going to have to be freshly cleansed. We're going to have to be freshly clean. Why? Wouldn't Naomi tell Ruth? She'd been out there gleaning in the field. She was dirty and filthy from the, uh, from the labor of the day. She'd been out there picking up that barley. And she'd been told that walking through those dirty, dry, uh, this and dusty fields. And surely uh, she had the dirt of the world on her. And can I tell you, if we're going to listen, we're going to get to where God is. And God's going to bless us the way he desires us to. Can I tell you, child of God, we're going to have to keep uh, uh, some short accounts. We're going to have to get clean. Under those worldly attitudes, those worldly ways. But can I tell you, most of us wouldn't have made it to church in the 30s and 40s. They'd have turned us out for the way we live. My, my former assistant, he's going to pastor a church now, about 30 minutes from his grandmother. Every time I used to see her, when he was with me, we'd go see her. She had Alzheimer's. And every time we'd go see her, she'd have to tell her who I was three or four times. But she could remember every time she'd see me, she'd say, Mama, and she, he'd say, Mama B, this is Brother Mark. He's a pastor over at Wahoo. And every time she said, he said that, she'd say, they turned me out in 1953 for square dancing. She said, but I needed to be turned out because I wasn't even saved. 
And she said, after they turned me out, I got born again. They turned her out for, for square dancing. We don't say a word to our kids about going to the prom. I've had our teenage boys say, oh, preacher, it don't bother me. Let me just say, young man, if you can get, if you can get up breast to breast, a young lady with you half dressed and it not bother you, you won't ever sleep in a tent with me. Amen. If that don't bother you, you've got more problems than you realize. Amen. We wouldn't make it. We wouldn't make it. Man, they used to preach against television, man. And the internet's ten times dangerous. The television never dreamed about being. Amen, neighbor. And we wonder, we wonder, we come in and man, we want to have a meeting. We want to make an impact in our community. We want to see our family get saved. And I tell you, if we're ever going to get where God is, we're going to have to get clean again. Can I tell you this? We can be clean without being a Pharisee. Amen. I remember when I was a boy, every once in a while, I taught my mom not to have to take a bath every night. But I learned that wasn't the smartest thing to do. If they would have sent about 10 or 15 old-fashioned mamas to Guantanamo Bay, where those terrorists were, they'd have told us everything they knew. Waterboarding, as Brother Tony said, my hind leg. I remember that second, I get by that first day, but on that second day when it got bath time, I didn't get to take it by myself. Mama got to helping me. And all in one fell swoop, she'd lay that ear back like that. And I didn't know a washcloth could hurt like that. And I got up, I mean, I got dirt four inches thick on my arms. And she's just bearing down right there. And I'm saying, oh, God, Mama, please, 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 please quit. Please quit. Man, if they'd have done that, some of them towel heads, they'd have told us where Osama Bin Laden was ten years ago. But you know what? It never did hurt when I took that bath on that first day. It's just when I put that bath off. She always let me take it by myself on that first day. So you know what, son? It didn't take me long to realize I need to take a bath every day. And now I take two or three a day. Because I'm afraid she might like come and get me again. Amen. Amen. I was having memories. Shell shock right there. Amen. We need to get cleaned up again. You know, I ain't got to go whole run down a whole bunch of lists. Hey, but let me ask you this, young. Would you be, if you were a teenager and you drove to church tonight, would you be embarrassed to give me your keys and let me go crank your car right now? Hey, youngest, let me ask you this. Why do you duck the preacher when you see him in town? Could it be... That you might be a little ashamed of what you got on. Hey, if it ain't wrong, why does it bother you when you bump into the preacher? Amen. 
I mean, God help us. Hey, mom and dad, what about us? What about us? What about us? Amen. God help us. I ain't got to start naming a whole bunch of stuff because God the Holy Ghost done put it in lights and it's blinking in your heart right now. Amen. We're going to have to get cleaned up. She said, wash yourself. You're going to have to be freshly cleansed. Number two, simple. Then she said, anoint thee. Let me just say something. That's different than getting washed or it wouldn't have been two different commands. That anoint thee, that, that speaks to that sanctification. Set apart. Could it be, could it be, Brother Whittemore, that over there on the chest of drawers, there was a little bitty bottle that said, Midnight in Moab. Just a little bottle. And man, when you took the top off of that stuff, it smelled like a million dollars. And she said, Ruth, if you're just going to get a blessing, it might ought to be just to take a shower be enough. But you're going for a husband. You better put some of this on. How long has it been since you came to the house of God and you were clean, but before you came, you snuck off somewhere to a secret place. You reached back there on the counter and there was a little bottle. You said, Lord, this ain't for my neighbor sitting down the pew. This ain't for my spouse. This ain't for my husband. This ain't for my children. But I put this on just for you. My little wife is five foot two. You ask me why I got back problems, because I like to kiss her, and I had to bend over to do it. Brother, Brother Whittemore, she goes in there in our, in, our, in our closet, and right back there, right there on that left side, there's a little bitty bottle. And she sprays that in the air, and I just like watching it. She sprays it out there, and she steps into that mist. When she goes into that mist, she's five foot two. When she comes out, she's about six four. She grows in stature. And I'm like a little, I'm like a hen walking after her chicks. Mm, mama, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Exactly. And I say, mama, exactly where do you want to go eat? Amen. And exactly what do you want me to wear? And exactly how long do you want to stay? And exactly what do you want to eat? And exactly what do you want to do after we get done? She's got my attention. And I don't even have to be in the room when she does it, when she comes down the hall. When's the last time you walked into the house of God? And he said, hmm, old brother Metcalf's here. Glory to God. I went at Christmas time, at Christmas time, I've got two boys, one's 11 now, one's nine, but when this, when this happened, I guess Riley was about five and Carter was three, and at Christmas time, Miss Amy buys everybody else's Christmas, 
But one day, me and my boys go shopping for her. Yeah. And I'll tell them, yeah. I said, anything you want to get your mama, one, one gift apiece, I'll buy you whatever you want to get her, as long as it ain't a Lexus. You say, why? Because I know she'd like to have a Lexus, and one day she's going to figure out to tell them to ask for it. So Carter want, Carter's a shoe man. He likes to buy her shoes. But Riley said, Daddy, I want to get Mama some perfume. I said, okay. So I set him up there in that, that big Macy's down, down toward Atlanta in that mall of Georgia. And that lady, she put nine pieces of paper out on that, on that table. She sprayed nine different perfumes. And then she gave him that little coffee, that little coffee beans wrapped in that netting. And he'd smell that first one, and he'd smell that coffee. And he'd smell that second one, and he'd smell that coffee. And on until he got to the fifth piece of paper. And he turned around and he smelled that. He said, Daddy, that's what my mama smells like. I said... You probably need to smell the rest of them. You probably made a mistake. He said, no, Daddy. I don't have to smell no more. That's what my mama smells like. And I looked at that lady and tears were already dripping off my face. I said, ma'am, what did you spray on that piece of paper? She said, sir, I sprayed that beautiful. And I looked and I said, dear God, that is what she wears. I thought, my God, my little five-year-old boy knows what his mama smells like. And man, I got to study in this verse. I said, I wonder if God still knows what I smell like when I've anointed myself to come into his presence. I tell you what, to make a difference at the Pilgrim's Way Baptist Church is some of us would get somewhere and get a little something and just spray it on us and say, oh God, help me. Oh God, help me. Oh God, help me. When's the last time you just got it on you? Business would probably pick up. Amen. I mean, you know what to help you preach it. Go get a little of that on you. You know what help that guitar picking? Just get a little of that on you. And say, Lord, it's not for the crowd. It's not for my preacher. It's not for a young lady. Oh, but God, this is for you. This is for you. I love you. Did you preach that about the snakes? Who was that preacher? Help me, preacher. Hey, look here, preacher. We get a little bit more of that. He'll handle the snakes. Ha! He'll say because I like how he smells a little bit too much. Let a snake be biting on him. Amen. Glory to God. I'm about to. I'm about to enjoy my own preaching. Amen. Boy, it'd make a difference if some of us would get somewhere with God and anoint ourselves and say, "Lord, I love you." We need to be freshly cleansed. We need to be. Let me just say this, neighbor. You need to remember this, child of God. If you're saved. Some of you are waiting on God. You're saved. And you're waiting on God to reach down there and get you by the hair of the head and draw you close to him. No. See, according to John 6, 44, it's, it's God who draws nigh to the sinner. 
But according to James chapter 4, it's the saint who draws nigh to God. So what you ought to do in a little while or right now, it ain't going to bother me if you did it right now. I'd run down here and say, Lord, I've been wrong all this time. I've been waiting on you to drag me. But I'm running down here. I'm jumping up, God. I'm here. 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 God, help, man. And all of a sudden, God will show up again. Amen. The Bible said it's good for me to draw near to God. Frequently consecrated. Fleshly, freshly cleansed. Then notice verse 3. The next one and I'm done. And I'm done. Put thy raiment upon thee. She's going to have to change clothes. Now, bear with me a minute. She said, you're going to have to change clothes. Now, don't, get, don't get nervous. I ain't going to preach on a whole bunch of standards. Or stuff like that, but you know, it'd still do. We ought to. If it was right 30 years ago, it's still right today. Anyway. Amen. But Brother Whittemore, she had the wrong kind of clothes on. But Shane, could it have been that the last stop that Ruth would have made in Moab would have been a graveyard? When she'd have buried Chilion. If you know anything about those Jewish funerals, and you say, well, she wasn't a Jew, yeah, but her mother in law was. Those ladies would dress themselves in mourning garments. It was black garments that were made of goat skin and goat hair, and they were very uncomfortable to wear. They would cause you to itch and cause you to, cause you to be uncomfortable. Could she have come out of Moab with them gray clothes on? Could she have come out of Moab scratching herself? And even though she was walking through, gleaning after the gleaners, every once in a while she'd have to stop and scratch and stop and itch because she had the wrong kind of clothes on. But she wasn't about to go to a funeral. She was going to a wedding ceremony. She was going to propose marriage unto the kinsman redeemer. And you can say whatever you want to, but when Ruth laid down his feet, she was saying, will you be my husband? And some of you put your mourning garments on somewhere. Brother Shane just praying about you, testifying about them babies. Four, five over there and four here. Been real easy to put them mourning garments on when them babies left. Some of you saints of God been saved a long time. You raised your kids to serve God, but now they're in the world. And the day they left, you put your mourning garments on. Boy, you've come to the house of God. You hear Brother Shane, praise God. You hear that sister shout it out. You see the preacher shout it out. Man, you want to. But man, when you want to shout, man, it starts itching you. You have to start scratching. Man, you want to worship God, but you've got the wrong clothes on. Hey! 
There's probably some, a husband or a wife sitting in here. You didn't believe in divorce. You didn't want a divorce. But it was out of your control. And the day you signed your name on the line, you put your mourning garments on. Maybe there's a teenager here. You had made your mind up that you weren't going to mess up. But you did. You gave away something you can only give one time. And that day you put your mourning garments on. And every time you want to get right with God, every time you want to get in the glory, you want to put your hand up. Man, it scratches you so bad you can't pick your hand up. Man, every time you want to sing a special or do something for God, the devil dangles that, dangles that failure in front of your face and tells you to sit back down and put your grave clothes back on. Oh, but I'm telling you, just like Ruth did, honey, there's still a wedding dress in the closet. There's still a wedding garment to be put on. You don't have to wear your grave clothes no more. I'm telling you, Tuesday night, you can change your garments. I preach to preachers that got hurt in the ministry. People that said, that's going to go with them. Now I'll go with you, preacher. You ain't got to worry about me. But when you least expected it, you felt a sharp pain. And you started feeling the warm blood run down your back. And now you can't trust anybody. You can't love anybody. Because the day that one that was close to you broke your heart. You put your mourning garments on. Brother Whittemore. Boy, how you handled persecution has given me grace. Brother Whittemore, a lot of men, if they'd have had to walk the valley you walked in. They'd have put the mourning garments on. But I remember when you walked up in Brother Rudy's that night. It was on a Thursday night of that meeting. Man, you got to bragging how God had delivered you out of the jaws of the, I'm glad God is still shutting the mouths of the lions. I'm glad God's still walking in the fire. And I'm glad we don't have to put our mourning garments on. Put our mourning garments on. They may be even children in here. I know I preached to them weekend, but somewhere, some back in their history, some demon possessed individual put their hands on you when they shouldn't. That's out of hell. And you might have even been so small you didn't even know what you was doing, but the devil hung them mourning garments on you. Oh, and every time you want to get near God, and the devil says, oh, no, he don't want you. You're filthy. We would have to talk about that 30 years ago, but that's a real thing in our day. But I got good news, young person. Hallelujah. You can change clothes tonight. Amen. 
Maybe there's folks sitting on the pews. One of your heroes has fell out, fell by the way, compromised, and you think, man, if they can't do it, I can't do it. And you slipped into your morning clothes, and it's been a long time since God, the Holy Ghost, filled you, freed you, and fired you. I'm telling you tonight, you can change clothes if you want to. Hallelujah. And I can just see Naomi said, okay. I'm going I'm to hang my morning clothes up. And I can just maybe see Naomi walked over that closet. And she swung open. And she probably had to move a whole lot of stuff. To the other side. But tucked way back in that back corner. There was a little bag. That had a wedding garment in it. And she said Naomi. Do you think it will still fit? I've got good news. I don't care how long it's been since you've worn it. I don't care how many years or seasons it's been. I'm glad it's a one size fits all. Amen. I'm glad if you'll get it out of the closet, it'll fit again. Amen. You see, how, how do you know it was a wedding garment? How do you know it was a wedding garment? Well, it told her later in chapter 3, he said, bring me your veil. Let's just say it's been a while since you've wore it. Mm-hmm. And God, the Holy Ghost, said, won't you just slip your hand in there? Yeah. And man, you feel that silk run down your Lord, God, it's been a while. <laughs> Maybe Ruth looked over at Naomi and said, it don't itch. Yeah. <laughs> she says, won't you slip that other hand in there? She says, won't you see if it still buttons? She says, that don't smell like the barley field. That don't smell like the grave clothes. That smells like grace clothes. That's not grave clothes. That's grace clothes. I'm glad God will let you change your clothes to that. I'm telling you, the devil can't do anything with that. I'm telling you, God, listen, he conquered him in Matthew 4. He condemned him at Calvary. And one day he's going to consign him to hell. I'm glad, thank God the Lord, will let you change your clothes tonight. Yeah. 